Yeah, hold that, please. Level five, thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to attend the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to attend the Channelized Bing Bingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman and alongside me, just walking through the door into my commentary box, is Jared Kimber. Below me on the outfield, Steve Smith uh, talking to the press. That tells you that, uh, well, he's going to be player of the day, essentially. That's what it tells you. Uh, Once again, uh, he scored the runs that have put Australia in position uh, to uh, feel confident that they can go on and win the fourth Ashes Test match. But we've been in this position before and uh, maybe we will see the resurrection from the single side at some point over the next uh, two or three days. Uh, we shall see. Either way, what we do know is that you're listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport. Back in the day, the Australian cricket team, uh, in the glory days, they weren't universally liked. In fact, forget the universally bit, they weren't liked particularly uh, in Australia. I always felt that following that ridiculously good team would have actually been a little bit boring for the uh, the press back in Australia because they were just so good. There was no competition when anyone ever played them, no matter who they played, apart from India away. Um, you kind of feel a little bit sorry for the press following this Australia side because at the end of every day, you've got to, we have to talk about player of the day. And we can do it for between 20 seconds or two minutes, depending on what we want to do. But every single journalist right now, not that you've spoken, but as we speak, is racking their brains in much the same way all the Indian journalists after watching Virat Kohli score a century to win an ODI. And they're trying, how on earth are we going to write about Steve Smith again? I always feel sorry for them. And you. Uh David Hopps, um, I think I'm pretty sure I might have tweeted this. I think I tweeted not long after Steve Smith made about his eighth hundred on the trot. Um, well, that's what it felt like anyway. Um, you know, it's now my life to watch Steve Smith bat. And David Hopps said, I was the Yorkshire writer during Boycott's career. <laughs> You know, and he was probably at the end of his career, but there was a lot of people who had, you know, who probably wrote for Yorkshire for years. You know, it's it's kind of the job. Like, imagine being the, you know, the if you're uh, the reporter for the Golden State Warriors, you're probably going to write about Steph Curry a lot. Or if you're, you know, uh, Lionel, there's a bloke called Messi or something, he plays some rugby or whatever sport it is, and he plays somewhere in Europe. Um, you know, if you're that, there's a certain point where that happens. And also, you get sucked into it. Football's different, though. Football is different. So is basketball because the way that cricket is structured, test cricket or what ODI cricket is, is there is a story at the end of every day. 
with a with a two hour football game, you essentially yes, you talk about what Messi did, but you you talk about he very often does different things. Steve Smith seems to do the same thing, um, and essentially match reports are different in football and basketball. You still you get sucked into it though. There's a certain point where if you know LeBron's getting thirty points, ten rebounds, and ten assists a game, you might want to talk about the bench player who came on and and hit that crucial three. But you'll end up talking about how LeBron created the space. Do you know what I mean? Everything gets sucked. Um, I think it was Tim Wigmore. He's, he's sitting next to me, and I'm pretty sure yesterday he wrote about. I think it was him. Anyway, he wrote about um, Manus Labuschagne, but it was all about Manus Labuschagne's relationship with Steve Smith. And of course, wasted opportunity there. Surely, <laughs> come on, Wigmore. So you know, and, and that's kind of what everything is. It just ends. The whole narrative sort of gets drawn into him, and, and it's no different than, than the way we talk. You know. The, Labuschagne helps set up this this particular innings, right? And real hardcore geeks, the sort you and I and the people listening to this will remember that. But most people, it's Smith's double hundred. Okay, so <laughs> Steve Smith is obviously player of the day. I'm not even going to make the rubbish joke about somebody else doing it. Um, I mean, what can you say then about Steve Smith again? I mean, in fact, should we even be trying to say anything different about Steve Smith? I, I know... Um, should we be questioning whether England made a pitch almost perfect for him <laughs> to bat on? It, it seems quite weird, doesn't it? You, you would have thought they would have either gone for something with more pace and bounce or um, something that seemed more, maybe even spun more. It's a pretty lifeless uh, track, this. And, you know, it's hard enough to get Steve Smith out on, on a normal pitch. Uh, on a pitch like this, it's, it's ridiculous. In fact, that's story of the day as well. What are we on? We're on player of the day, aren't we? Story of the day is, essentially, that if Steve Smith would pick this pitch up. I mean, he, he, there's a lot of pitches he likes, but he would pick this pitch up and carry it around with him. It is perfectly tailored to him because it, not, it doesn't do anything surprising. It's not quick enough that he ever has to worry about that. It doesn't seem very much. It doesn't spin very much. It doesn't bounce in weird ways. So if you're crabbing across the crease and slapping the ball behind your bum like he does every second ball and all those sorts of things, he's going to get away with that on this pitch to a degree. I mean, look at this, you know, I think I'm almost a world-leading expert on stupid fields for Steve Smith. But even today, England tried some new ones that didn't make any sense to me. And again, it didn't seem to matter. It didn't seem to have any effect on him because this was, you know, the story of the day really is England don't know how to get Steve Smith out. And this is not the pitch to do that. The amount of times I watch Steve Smith bat and he hits a four or he takes a run. And I immediately think, well, why isn't there a fielder there? And I don't really see that with many other batsman because most batsmen play normally so you know where to plug the field right with Steve Smith even with the bizarre field positions that Joe Root and other captains I imagine have employed there's so many times and it's just like why is there no I don't know why is there no one at deep square leg when he just cream he flicks it off of his pads or why is there no one at all on the offside in front of cover point or something? I mean, it's just like, I don't know whether it, hits, it is his brilliance or it is the fact that essentially they're just kind of throwing them out there like, I don't know, marbles into a, uh, on, onto the ground and just seeing where the marbles lay. It's, it doesn't seem to be any real relevance to what they're trying to do. So a couple of years ago, I remember someone writing or, or saying on TV even that Brendan McCullum, the way he was playing at one stage, he was taking slips out of play, which is almost like, it, that's almost the dream. If you can't be caught behind or caught in slips very much, you're automatically about 30% better than almost any other player in the world, right? Because that's where everyone goes. That's why we put all the fielders there. That's where everyone goes. 
But he's the way Smith bats, he almost takes out everyone on the offside out of the equation. Now, it's not that you can't, you know, you'd almost have to bowl with this, you know, a 5-4 field, four guys on the offside and five on the leg side and see if you can get him to play a silly shots off because he's, he's, he's playing cricket in such a different way that ev- than everyone else. We, and he's not the first one to do this. Bradman did it. Uh, Trumper did it. Um, and, and, you know, incredible greats have, have done it before. It's just that um, we're seeing it and it, it doesn't look like other batting and it's very hard for bowling teams to work out what to do. I mean, let's be, let's be honest. England had to almost burn down the game to come up with body line to get rid of Bradman <laughs> and all he did was own the average 50 in that series. It's, it is fascinating watching Steve Smith not necessarily bat. It's all the stuff between it. You know all about the fidgeting and all that kind of stuff. But it seems to have evolved into this whole new kind of, you know, level. I mean, I just don't think mentally he... I'd love to be able to just sit down and talk to the guy on an absolute level where I've studied him at first hand. I've seen his interactions, seen how he deals with jealousy. I've seen how he deals when, you know, he essentially wants something that he can't get, how he deals with bad exams, how he, basically how you learn how people react. Because the way he goes about his business... He essentially is like. Have you seen when he comes to the crease early on? He it look. It's like he's he, he's counting the field a bit like a referee at the start of a football match, just making sure all eleven players are on the pitch for each side. And then every single time that he uh, is beaten or there's a good ball, all four of them, he tells the, the he he tells the bowler that it was a good ball or whatever. And then you can see him actually talking to himself remonstrating with himself that's a kind of normal I suppose but he isn't actually on this plane even when he's talking to the bowlers he's not really talking to the bowlers it's it's for himself he's doing that you know we had a period earlier on today when there was essentially a gate that was open about an inch uh, at the and he asked for it to be closed because behind that gate there was a a bus moving or something he's not operating on our level essentially Something has happened with Steve Smith in that year off or maybe before as well. He's basically some kind of cyborg. That's basically what I'm saying. You know what I've noticed? So he's always had the ticks, right? He's always had the ticks. But they've gone up. They they have increased in a level because the weird leaves, I reckon, started in around 2015, 2016, right? Um, the, the occasional looking around the pitch and pointing at things and all that sort of stuff, I think started six, maybe 2017 in India. It might be the first time I can remember it being a consistent part. But today, every ball, he was pointing somewhere or not happy with some. It, it seemed like if the ball didn't go to the exact spot he wanted, he would, he would remonstrate with himself. He would point to where he wanted. He would replay the shot. And he would do all this. There was at one stage... He, he mishit a ball from Jack Leach. I think he was trying to get it uh, quite square on the leg side and he, and he hit a little bit straight on the leg side. It wasn't a massive error. He wasn't going to be caught or anything. As he went down, he, he, he pointed really violently where he wanted to hit it. He then practiced the shot and as he was running, and he'd already done these two ridiculous moves as he was running, he then cleaned the pitch as well with his bat because he saw a little bit of dirt on it. I mean, it's ridiculous. Someone said to me, it's like watching someone who bats in the nets. Um, and you're batting in partners in the nets. And so you play a ball and then you chat to the mate because it's your, your mate who's bowling to you in the nets. But then you're also chatting to the other batsman. But then you're also ch- really trying to talk to yourself. He's doing that, but in test cricket. I think it's like one of those people who, you know, they can physically see mathematical equations in their head through by merging different shapes. It's Or when they think of a mathematical kind of like, you, you give them some kind of equation, 
something physical in their mind appears. I can't remember what it's called. I remember, I'll, we'll talk about this tomorrow when he's player of the day again, somehow. I just think he's operating on some mad level that we actually don't have the mental capacity to understand. Although we're doing a really good job of trying to work it out on the following on Cricket Podcast. Who knew that the only way to get Steve Smith out was to bowl a bit of a half-tracking leg spinner that doesn't do anything and for him to reverse sweep it straight to another fielder? Who knew? Who knew? No one knew. Otherwise, uh, the only thing that worries me about this ball is now every off-spinner in the world is going to bowl really bad leg spin around the wicket to him. Did you ever, as a kid, have kind of um, uh, superstitions when you were watching cricket? I suppose it would have been a bit different for you because I was having to watch England not beat Australia or pretty much not beat anyone. But I remember when I was about, I don't know how it was, 10, 11 or something, and I was watching England play Australia and we hadn't taken a wicket for ages. And you know, like you say, you have tricks, like turn the TV off or you'd go and go and do something and then you come back 20 minutes later and you turn the TV on and, oh, wicket's fallen. And similarly, if England were batting, you wouldn't leave the room, yada, yada. So essentially, I was bored watching the cricket. It had been probably an hour or two before England had taken a wicket. And it just so happened that I kind of was sitting on the sofa, then I was lying on the sofa. And then in the way that kids do, suddenly I was watching the cricket upside down with my feet in the air. And hey, presto, England took a wicket. So for years afterwards, whenever I was in that position, when England needed a wicket, I'd think to myself, oh, I wonder. And of course, I'd watch upside down for a bit and it never happened again. I can't remember why I'm talking about this. Can what? you tell me? <laughs> what? Is this on air? What What are we talking about? Ball of the day? Shot of the day? Should we talk about shot of the day? Shot of the day for me, I'm not sure about you, was I could not believe what I saw, to be honest. Ben Stokes bowling. Yes, Steve Smith batting. Two slips in a gully. Ben Stokes bowling at about 85 miles an hour. I'm not exactly sure. It was... Um, Touch short and outside off stump. And essentially, Steve Smith opened the face of the bat and guided the ball at head height through the vacant third slip region for four. It was ridiculous. And then he pointed as if to say, actually, I was trying to get it through that gap and I've missed the gap and I'm very upset at myself. It, it was incredible. Um, he also played a back foot straight drive yeah, yeah. Um, off... Was it Leach? I can't remember. It was one of the. It might have been Denley even, um, which was incredible. But I think maybe, and this tells you everything about Steve Smith. You can watch him bat all day, and then a tailor comes in and plays two good straight drives, and it's like Mitchell Stark probably played the best two shots of the day, back to back drives um, off uh, on Stuart Broad, off, I think. Stuart, yeah, off Stuart Broad. Um, they were incredible, and uh, yeah, that's almost says everything about Steve Smith, doesn't it? Well, it's got to be Steve Smith. I mean, how do you follow up? 211, possibly another match-winning innings. His third century in the series. Lowest score so far, I think, is 92. Press conference, moment of the day. Yeah, it's a nice feeling. It's, um, you know, it doesn't happen too often. And it's nice to, um, you know, you, you make a mistake when you're batting and you can quite often be out um, back in the shed. So... I made a mistake today, got caught behind, uh, caught and slip off a, a reasonable ball, um, one that spun quite sharply. Um, but yeah, I guess you've got to keep your foot behind the line and um, 
sort of played in my favour, I guess, in the end. Um, I think we saw there was still enough there with the new ball. Um, when we got our lengths right, we, we beat the bat a few times on the inside and outside. So for us, it's about continuing to hit that top of the stumps and um, you know challenging their defence as much as we can. And um, hopefully we get some chances in the morning and uh, open up this game. Steve Smith speaking there. And, well, who else would you want to hear from after a day when uh, England's bowlers gave away 497 runs and three batsmen were used? Joe Denley, Joe Burns and Craig Overton. But, uh, well, a bloke who took no catches and didn't bowl an over, it's Johnny Bairstow. Oh, well, obviously, um, yesterday was a bit stop-start, wasn't it? Um, I think the weather yesterday was uh, fairly tricky. Uh, both were batting and bowling. I think it was pretty tough running in. I think you could see the guys uh, with the wind and uh, at times the rain that was um, pretty horizontal at the ground. It was uh, it was quite tricky. But um, look, we came in today. It's obviously been uh, fairly good weather-wise and we've got full day's cricket, which has been uh, a good day's cricket. Um, and uh, yeah, it was tough toll. And that man, Steve Smith, what do you say? You were behind the stumps when he was doing that. Well, he's, uh, yeah, bloody good, isn't he? Um, look, uh, I think it's uh, sometimes uh, he's obviously in uh, some serious form. Obviously, he's had a bit of a layoff and he's uh, come back with a bit between his teeth to score as many as he can and, um, uh, and score the runs, to score the runs that he has in the series so far is uh, a commendable effort. And look, on another day, he's, he's out a bit earlier. Uh, on another day, uh, there's a couple that... Um, he potentially nicks. He played and missed a fair, a fair amount today, which he hasn't done necessarily in the series. And um, yeah, but as I say, fair play to fair play to him. He played well. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah. Hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz in the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz in the Channelized Bingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Um, I, I gave up at points today. I'll be honest with you. That was pretty bleak. 
Um, you know, day one was a poor day's cricket for other reasons. But today, for me, it was just ugly cricket all day. The pitch offered nothing really to the bowlers. Um, there was really rank fielding. There was that overstep by Jack Leach. There was Steve Smith scoring runs again in really ugly ways. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not angry. I just feel a bit uh, a bit tired. What about you? We basically ended no bowls in limited overs cricket, right? Mm. It's Other than bowlers who have proper problems with it, almost everyone's gone. England went, you know, was it 10,000 balls in one day cricket without bowling a no ball? And today they had a spinner bowl a no ball to Steve Smith. Now, the reason that we got rid of no balls uh, was the free hit rule. And I know that not everyone wants that in test cricket because test cricket's a different kind of game. But that's what got rid of no balls. That's why we don't have any no balls anymore. I mean, there's quite a dramatic drop in no balls in ODI cricket, aren't there? I mean, they're reduced by something like 75% or something stupid. Yeah, I think, it's, I think it might even be up, upwards of 80%. It's a huge drop. Um, and England have managed not to do it. So, okay, there's a certain point where you think, well, whatever you did in one day cricket, you should be able to do here. I, I do get that. But... But the reason we had that drop, and we've had a bit of a drop in test cricket as well, but I, I think part of the drop in test cricket is because umpires don't call them anymore. But essentially, the free hit rule worked. So I'm at a point now where I'm like, if it worked in one-day cricket, should we not bring it into test cricket? That doesn't make me think that any less that Jack Leach shouldn't be, I mean, you know, he, he should be taken out to the middle and have to recreate that no ball, <laughs> as I think Dave Tickner might have tweeted, uh, or Dave, Dan Liebke. It was one of the funny cricket Twitterati who tweeted it. But essentially, I think that cricket needs to look at, this is not really a rant, is it? But no, we shouldn't have no balls, is my point, by this point. We shouldn't have no balls. Unluckiest of the day. Well, whilst you uh, search through your notes, I'll just ad-lib a little bit. Uh, I felt uh, a little sorry for the fans who turned up again. Okay, we don't need to ad-lib anymore. What's uh, unlike us of the day? Joe Denley um, uh, is opening the batting because yeah. because Jason Roy can't open the batting. So he's opening the bat. He's trying to save his own career, right? And at the same time, he's been moved into a different batting position to save someone else's career. Mm. So he's now playing for two people. Um, and then he gets, uh, look, and he looked terrible. Let's be honest, he could have been out. There were some balls when he could have been out five different ways, you know. There was one ball where he could have been, you know, caught on the outside edge and caught on the inside edge and bowled and LBW the same, to the same delivery. It stumped. It was all happening. I think hit wicket. I don't know. There's a lot going on. So he's struggling really hard and he gets a little edge onto his pad and the ball flies. It shouldn't have been caught. It wasn't like it was off the, it moved like it was off the middle of the bat, but it wasn't. It was a little edge. Onto the, onto the thigh pad, and it flies to Matthew Wade. And, of course, it goes f too quick for Matthew Wade to catch, so it hits him, and, and Matthew Wade catches it off the rebound. Now, I don't think that Joe Denley is ever, is ever going to crack test cricket, and I'm not sure moving around the order is going to make it any easier for him. Um, but he was, I think he was unlucky to be opening the batting after making a 50 in the last test, even though I didn't think he should be picked for this test, as I think we talked about at the time. But I think he was unlucky to be opening the batting and he was certainly unlucky to be caught. So he is unluckiest of the day. It is a bit strange. England uh, have done this before, of course. Joe Root's success at five moves to four. Joe Root's success at four moves to three. Johnny Bairstow's success at seven moves to six or five. Um, and now Joe Denley, as you say, he actually made a success. You know, that innings he played, that 50 he scored, England wouldn't have won at Headingley without it. And uh, as you say, it's been moved to open. It's not going to work. Very few lols today. Uh, there was no Chris Packett's stopping play. There was a watermelon, though, um, out on the outfield. But even that didn't really raise a smile because there was no Joffre Archer to boot it back into the crowd. 
What? Go on, go on. Well, terrible kick by Ben Stokes. Absolutely pathetic kick. There was one lull in the commentary, TV commentary, so you might not have picked it up. I don't know what you were listening to at the time. I was listening to myself. Uh, when uh, precious, through, precious few lulls there. When Ricky Ponting said that it took him eight seconds, uh, he could put a rubber on in eight seconds. <laughs> and, of course, he meant a batting grip. Um, but, you know, uh, everyone else heard it as... Uh, a different kind of prophylactic type um, situation. And uh, everyone was quite impressed with the eight seconds. Mistake of the day. I mean, that, that's easy. That's Leach. He bowled a no ball. He's a spinner. So spinners in test cricket bowl a no ball about every 1,200 balls, right? Um, and a few of those are head high full tosses, not just um, front stepping. So he's bowled 1,500 balls in test cricket. He's only, that was his first um, uh, no ball in test cricket. So he, it, it's not like it's something that he has a problem with in general. He's only but, but going back to the point you were making, maybe he has bowled lots of no balls and they just haven't been called. Well, um, I was up with you, but we also checked first class and he's bowled eight in first class cricket from 15,000 balls. He doesn't have a problem. That's a mistake. He made a mistake today. It's not like, uh, you know, I, you could argue that maybe England should be looking at, at it more in the nets and they should be working out why they don't bowl no balls in one day as they do here. But realistically, he has made an error there. Um, and it, uh, how many runs did it cost? It cost a lot of runs. Uh, well, I think that uh, Steve Smith added 91, which would have been his lowest score in the series. So, yeah, it was a bit of a healthy mistake. Um, there were a couple of other mistakes. Can you call dropping drop catches mistakes? Well, yeah, they made two with Tim Payne, didn't they? It was quite funny. Again, I saw Australians, yeah, everyone started talking about Tim Payne and making 100 again. I was, and, and I think he was on 49 at this stage. He'd been dropped twice. And I turned to um, someone near me in the press box and said, how many times will he have to be dropped to, to make 100? Um, you know, you, you've got to respect Tim Payne uh, for the fact that he is so dour and he tries so hard. But, he's, you know, again, he's had a lot of luck. Um, and uh, he shouldn't, you know, he... he he allowed Smith to make those runs, and that is what his job in the team is. But England allowed Payne to allow Smith. It's always about Smith. Do you see how it's always about Smith? Wait, we've got moment of the day yet. Oh. Well, what we were hoping to be moment of the day at some point in the last two days was uh, that Archer-Smith duel to really catch fire, and it just hasn't at all, has it? Um, in terms of a specific moment... I mean, yeah, of course, that noble wicket for Steve Smith. There were quite a few moments today, but I actually feel that the Tim Payne drop, first over after lunch, that really was a massive moment of the day. Bigger than the Smith moment in some ways, because it would... Which drop was that one? uh, The one when he was dropped by Jason Roy, first over after lunch. You know, that was the session that the game decisively moved away. It is decisively. Moved away from England, 124 runs. Uh, no wickets, and it just set the tone. It seemed like England's shoulders slumped a bit. The noble wicket happened quite soon after as well. Um, so, yeah, I would say moment of the day is Jason Roy for the second time in this series putting down a catch that he should have taken. Yeah, Jason Roy dropping Tim Payne, which allowed Steve Smith to make 200. Well, I think that he would. Steve Smith would have struggled to make 200 if uh, England had taken five wickets at the other side in, the, uh, in a much quicker time. No, exactly, exactly. It's about Smith. That's all that matters to me. It is about Smith. And no doubt it won't be tomorrow because it'll all be about the Aussie bowlers, Nathan Lyon, uh, because Joe Root was spinning it. So if Joe Root can, uh, with his uh, non-spinning leg spinners, and well, look, if Joe Root can get Steve Smith out, then Nathan Lyon can take all nine wickets remaining on day two. And then the next ten, he's basically going to be Jim Laker. Didn't Jim Laker do it here at Old Trafford? Yeah, he did, didn't he? Oh, man. Well, we said it here first. 
19 wickets to Nathan Lyon in this test match coming up as Australia rebound from the Headingley debacle. Uh, join us tomorrow when we look back at about 12 of those wickets uh, with myself and Jarrah Kimber. You can download and subscribe to the following on podcast on iTunes or Acast. Join us tomorrow and thanks for listening. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.